Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at gofundme.com slash f slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039s dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated. Just hang in there, Matt. You'll beat this thing soon. So how much of a cut is the Joker giving you tonight? He told me not to tell nobody about that. Did he tell you to tell people about that? Ah, good answer. I was just checking. He said each one of our cuts is gonna be decided as we pull our names out of a hat. Or somebody's names. I forget. I didn't catch the whole thing. Did you? I kinda just take jobs, you know? A little, a little. You smell, you smell that? I, I do smell something very not good. Yeah, it's like it's this weird, like. It's Actually, not like somebody smells like my old grandma's blessed damn soul's garlic spaghetti with meatballs. Yeah, it's like some but sort of garlic thing. There's a lot of protein in here as well. Oh, they must be onto me. I even talk like this in my inner monologue. God damn it, Alfred. I think I think the smell's coming behind us. Let's look over. Oh shit, it's Batman. Oh shit. Fucking move with the reflexes from those recent gains I got from working out so hard. I got him in our sight. <laughs> Goddamn garlic. Hey everybody, this is Wolfie, this is Superhero Stuff, you should know, you should know it. You know how I know you should know it? Because you should know it. I'm here today with Andrew. What's going on everyone? You, we get to see everybody's lovely faces if you're tuning in to YouTube this go around. Oh yeah. <laughs> How's it going? And we're also here with Ben as per usual, dropping the tutelage yes. on these... too much about... Batman. Batman. <laughs> and he's His right visuals here with are me. too much for me. <laughs> video is fun. Oh my god. Welcome to the new age. Um, yes. So today. And on today's. Oh, yes. Oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> me? Okay. And today's By the way, episode, if there's abrupt we're... cuts in the YouTube video, <laughs> audio's still this first, everybody. So don't even worry about it. 
<laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Batman Cataclysm, and a story yes. in which Gotham City is destroyed by a 7.6 magnitude earthquake or something. I don't. That's all I know about it. Ben, take it away. <laughs> right. It's Bataclysm. a storyline from the 90s that led into No Man's Land, which we've talked about on the podcast before because that's what inspired or helped inspire The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, but the there's an entire setup to it, an entire storyline even about the period of time that led Gotham into becoming a No Man's Land, and that is what our episode is about today. Uh, this also ties into the uh, time, the sort of Batman and coronavirus time series that we've been doing. It started with Contagion, where we had uh, Dustin Lee Massey, and uh, now, uh, and afterwards was Batman Legacy with Zach Brown, and now, directly after Batman has to deal with two potential pandemics, we have the Cataclysm, where uh, there was an earthquake. So, you know, Batman doesn't get a break. A big no, one. he doesn't. It's basically <laughs> 2020 as as a Batman story is, is what this entire run in the 90s was brought to us by Chuck Dixon. Very prophetic at the time. So uh, before we start on Cataclysm, I thought I would dedicate this episode actually to uh, a friend of mine uh, named Emma McAllister. Uh, Emma and I met uh, back when she was Mark McAllister uh, many years ago, around the time of the release of The Dark Knight, and we both sort of bonded over the fact that A, we hated the redesigned Batman suit, as I've talked about on the Dark Knight Deep Dive, <laughs> and we also kind of hated the, the the makeup design on the Joker, even though you know he did an admirable job, and we agreed on that as well. Uh, we also both seem to have agreed that Mask of the Phantasm was the best Batman movie ever made, and I don't think um, she or I have really budged from that, uh, and later on she sort of hated the casting of Ben Affleck, but ended up warming up to it and really loved him in the role after seeing Batman vs. Superman. Uh, she passed away last fall, uh, shortly Dang. after her birthday. Uh, and I've been wanting to find an episode to dedicate to her, but it took a while just because I wanted it to be a proper one, one that would actually fit her or something that she that we talked about. We'd already done the Mask of the Phantasm deep dive, and she wasn't uh, that huge on uh, the Nolan trilogy type stuff for me to feel like that would feel right. Uh, but then I remembered that I was telling her I was going over No Man's Land uh, to prepare for The Dark Knight Rises. And she said, quote-unquote, don't forget to read Cataclysm. So okay. All right. this is why uh, this one's dedicated to her. So this is my way of saying, no, I didn't forget to read Cataclysm, and uh, I didn't forget you. So thank you, Emma, for your friendship and talking about uh, Batman fans, and hopefully you get to uh, listen to this wherever you are and uh, enjoy, continue enjoying the podcast. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, what this episode is dedicated. Uh, who this episode is dedicated to? Uh, wow. <clears throat> okay. This story feels a little prophetic because uh, just a few weeks ago, Los Angeles was hit by an earthquake, not nearly as big as seven point six, but uh, it was seems somewhat timely to go over this right now. But even before that, I had plans for us to go over Cataclysm and and No Man's Land, not just because we were going over it for The Dark Knight Rises, but also because. Uh, in addition to the pandemic, there's an overall feeling of being cut off from resources, feeling of mass panic, grocery stores are emptying, riots, people are unemployed, yeah. people are feeling hopeless and isolated, and this is a time where people need hope more than ever, and this story examines Batman and Gotham, really, at one of its lowest points where that hit. So even though there's no formal pandemic in this storyline, it's still very relevant in the idea of the apocalypse feels like it's hit, it feels like this is the end of the world sort of feeling, and people have to cope with that. So, 
Uh, a very funny episode, everybody. Is so this story is like. already like gotten you down, but then you have this dedicated. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's just it's rough. It's rough. By the way, why were there so many fucking dark stories in the '90s when it was like fucking fucking Candyland compared to 2020? You know, like like I feel like it's always the reverse, right? If things are going good, people want darker stories. But if things are yeah. going really bad, like people want you need uh, hope. Yeah, yeah, want some. It's the old more, uh, Sullivan's uplifting. Travels dilemma. Yeah. You ever see that movie? <laughs> Sullivan's <laughs> Travels? Yeah, or Sullivan's Gulliver's Travels. Travel. It's not Gulliver's it's, Travels. It's a different one. Yeah. It's Sullivan's Travels. It's where the Coen brothers got the title for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, mm. Did not know in, that. In the movie, short, long story short, just to go at that point, uh, in the movie, the this guy, he's trying to make a movie about how epic or like how dramatic it is to be a homeless man riding the rails and the trains and then the, the same director ends up having to live on the trains with the mm. actual homeless people and then he finds all they want to do is laugh and so his next movie instead of being this big drama becomes a comedy that makes people happy and stuff during nice. these hard times anyway the old Sullivan's Travels dilemma look it up it's real I swear Makes sense. <laughs> it's either that or he was able to really improvise really well at that part and uh, the script he's writing movie, in the though. movie is called Oh Brother Where Art Thou huh oh shit so they okay did not their know movie. That. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so this is basically a survivalist disaster type movie, but mixed in with Batman and the Gotham City cast. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Uh, so it starts off, of course, with <laughs> as we said, seven point six scale earthquake hits Gotham, and Batman, of course, is in the Batcave, probably the worst place for him to get caught. So uh, the ground he's dead <laughs> he right dead. off the bat That's dies the <laughs> first page. <laughs> 25 years later Robin uh, takes no. over Robin has to take over he's like I thought we were over this shit after Bane broke your back uh, yeah. but here he's uh, basically Wayne Manor collapses into the Batcave and that includes Alfred who uh, he gets caught too in the dining room of Wayne Manor and exclaims oh my giddy aunt as the floor collapses underneath him and he falls in <laughs> oh my, my heavens me I can't believe such a thing has happened to me <laughs> why was his aunt so giddy that's what I want to know that's actually that? a, uh, it's it's Reference an English it's, a, it's an English phrase uh, but funny enough it is used a lot by the second doctor in Doctor Who uh, who says it a lot uh, before Giddy his aunt. character was regenerated into the third Doctor, played by John Pertwee, and John Pertwee's son, Sean Pertwee, ended up playing Alfred in Gotham. So there's a kind of a loose what? connection there with the, uh, right. the oh my giddy aunt with uh, Alfred, and in general with huh. uh, Doctor Who. So uh, but this yeah, Bible placed in. here by the giddy ants. Um, yes. Okay, I'm done. Thanks. Giddy aunts. <laughs> <laughs> this almost feels like the Batcave. You know, the Wayne Manor weighing down and almost collapsing the Batcave is, like, almost symbolic of of Batman's life <laughs> in a way of just, like, everything, the whole burden that he has to carry sometimes at some point that's going to fall. And that's literally what happens uh, as the Batcave floods in, uh, almost floods in uh, because of the fact that, you remember, he's by a waterfall as well for him to do the bat boat and all that stuff okay so mm -hmm. he is uh, trapped in the cave but ironically gets saved by his cape because uh, it catches on to part of the wreckage and leaves him hanging at one point so for once the cape is not actually a thing that uh, hinders him i so mean fuck that short bitch in fucking in incredible she doesn't have <laughs> fucking anything exactly exactly Wait, she who? or the little costume lady in the yeah. mode yeah yeah no no capes woman <laughs> no capes oh, done yeah 
no capes. Uh, <laughs> Batman needs his wings. Uh, around the same time, the GCPD roof collapses, and Gordon nearly gets crushed by the bat signal as it falls through and, and uh, breaks and stuff. Uh, in the meantime, Batman manages to get back to the cave, and Alfred is trapped under rubble, but he still seems to be okay. So in order to free him, uh, Batman kicks off the giant penny to make it go over, roll over, and kick off the records. So I thought that was cool because he rarely so he's using the, giant the penny shit to in the cave something. tactically. Yes, yes. So that's <laughs> fucking awesome. How many Does times he... put a pin in this for later? But how many times has he used that penny to help him out of a jam? <laughs> that's a lucky penny. Or the dinosaur. Uh, I think he's turned on the dinosaur at one point to fight Hush. <laughs> it's, it's a robot. It's a ro- yeah, it's a robot dinosaur. It's it's not just a statue. It's a robot thing. It's I did actually not know that. From, this stuff actually comes from adventures from the comics. He just doesn't randomly have it. Like the do we have uh, an episode planned uh, for Batman's trophies? That'd be uh, cool. We do, we do now. I know I messed up. <laughs> yes. We do now. We're putting in the schedule. I don't know if you did it before I arrived. Once again. No, anyway, no, we haven't done it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, Those are mm-hmm. yeah. So he actually uses the giant penny. So that's cool. Uh, that's a cool part. But obviously, Batman and Alfred are okay. Gordon's okay. Uh, Tim Drake was on a trip, and so he's actually on a plane that's about to land in Gotham. And the plane's like, eh, never mind. We're going to go to Bloodhaven. And then Tim looks out the window and sees Gotham is like on fire and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Earthquake, and he's like, what? I've been gone for like two days or whatever. It's like those rich people happening. deserve it. Oh it's like looking on a Manhattan God. or something. Yeah. Bloodhaven uh, is like New Jersey, but even worse. Yes. Either Batman's dead or he's lost his mind. <laughs> Nightwing, in the meantime, is at Bloodhaven and sees what's happening, and so he changes into Nightwing and goes across to Gotham in order to help. Uh, or how many butt shots are, are, are in these panels, bro? <laughs> Nightwing butt shots. Uh, you know, I just wasn't looking there, so I don't know. <laughs> you could bounce a giant penny off of that thing. Ooh, wee! Good callback. Yes. You, you uh, expression. <laughs> the electricity is out over at the watchtower Oracle is at, so her comms are down so, because Oracle. her entire system relies on electricity. So she literally has to wheel down to uh, get outside to help people, and she starts sort of directing the GCPD because her father is incapacitated at that moment. But we get to see different people's reaction to trauma or disaster. Some people are crying, others are, like, trying to help other people. Uh, and the only buildings that are up are, funny enough, the Wayne-owned buildings, because he was the only one who thought to earthquake-proof this, the buildings that were around, with the obvious exception of Wayne Manor, because that was way too old for him to do I anything. I smell a conspiracy theory already. Yes, but Wayne Tower <laughs> is uh, who benefits. Is fine. <laughs> yes, so who benefits? Q Gotham. So Lucius Q Gotham. Fox. Oh my God, it's actually not bad. Q Gotham. That's the next series by uh, <laughs> Q, Ar- Q Arkham. Gr- Grant uh, please note. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Lucius Fox is fine then because he's in Wayne Tower when everything happens, and and so he's like, "Thank God, Bruce decided to earthquake-proof everything." Sorry, should have been. Yeah, that Thank was God, smart. Bruce actually. decided to, to earthquake-proof everything. <laughs> I bet he has a great relationship with the homeowners association. This guy's. This guy just keeps his house in such great shape. I'm I guess he paid people to do that. Well, he he doesn't. Th- he didn't though, because the Wayne Manor collapsed. Again, it's too oh, old right. for him to have done that to. So oh. only Wayne Tower. How many times so. that thing gone down? Anyway, I don't know. Roswell Ghoul <laughs> destroyed in Batman Begins. It gets destroyed in Dark Knight Returns. But yeah, uh, random people just showing up in the '90s one. Like people. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like 
the Didn't Alfred uh, just just start bringing people to the Batcave without Batman's uh, fucking permission? <laughs> Security. Well, he's off on long adventures Batcave. with the Justice League. <laughs> Alfred's having like dinner parties. And There's a party <laughs> here. Yacht Rock. Oh, sir, I've already had my cotillion here three or four times since you've been gone. <laughs> Does anybody Let's want see. some of this white lightning? You may not drink, but I certainly do. <laughs> yeah. We he also shoots people, that. too. He's got guns, so he's, like, shooting the ceiling and stuff. And he's like, I'll patch <laughs> yeah. it up later. Someone's yeah. got to take up the slack here. <laughs> Alcohol-wise and gun-wise. Master Bruce doesn't, Bruce doesn't notice, notice anyway. anything if it, <laughs> if it doesn't have a tight leather suit on. or. A, speaking know. of which, speaking of whom, Catwoman is yeah, trying yeah, to check out that segue. Uh, she's trying to steal something, and she's in an elevator shaft when the earthquake hits. So oh, she's in one of the worst, worst possible places. But she's able to survive oh, and get damn. out, and she uh, ends up talking to a girl who's dying. She's like 10 or so. Uh, and trying to comfort her in her dying moments. And then after she's gone, Catwoman is sort of motivated to become a little bit more of a hero to get everyone out of the collapsed building. And what she does, she sort of starts breaking down, crying from it all, just showing that even somebody is uh, seemingly avoidant to different emotions can be broken down by the enormity of what's happening here. Um, so that's what's that... dying before her eyes, right? Some, some, yeah, pretty some much. Some innocent person. Yeah pretty much yeah 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 uh, I, it's see. good that's good writing that could that yeah. could definitely break down anybody well most mm-hmm. people yeah i mean Not i think me. the str- <laughs> <laughs> fucking tough bro the strength of these <laughs> I don't stories care about anybody yeah <laughs> except eight number one baby the strength of these stories come more from just exploring humanity through batman characters it's not yet again the joker has like taken the mayor hostage it's, it's more of just how do these characters react how do they handle this type of situation so that's what i thought is fascinating and this is why one this is one of my favorite stories Uh, in general the whole cataclysm through no man's land run is still one of my favorite stories because of the fact that it's it explores such another part of the character you never thought you would ever see right right right. it'd be so much about detective work and and shit like that does you're supposed uh, to stand in between a door frame i heard (laughs) yes that's how you deal with it yes very good i don't know if you can still do that one 7.6 and you're in the epicenter but (laughs) i've heard from some people in Japan, like in Kobe, like they when it was the really bad one, they say it's like, dude, there's not much you can do. Like you can, you try do as much as you can, but mm-hmm. if it's a really big one, it might be just fucked, dude. It's just, just gotta not go good. ragdoll. Yeah, it's just ragdoll not good, with the man. phone book over your face. I guess yeah, you can't just hold on to the phone book. So does the earthquake <laughs> shake open all of the locks at Arkham and then they're all free? I just feel like they're always getting free, bro. It's not that uh, convenient for us. So Arkham <laughs> seems to be okay. Blackgate, however, falls apart. So okay. one level, uh, at one point the guards are like, we got to break out the inmates to save them because it's going to it's gonna break. So they break out the inmates and the inmates naturally take advantage of the situation and start killing the guards. Uh, Batman arrives to try to stop it. But there is a fantastic story in the middle of this where uh, before the earthquake hits, hits, you meet a man named Jared Manx, who seems to be an innocent man. He's doomed to be on the electric chair or lethal injection, I forgot which, but he's doomed for execution. Uh, but keeps claiming that he's innocent to his lawyer and the nun who's there to like read him his last rites and stuff. But then the earthquake hits and they're all in the same situation together and he tries to like help them out. And at one point towards the end of that story, he is like holding up the debris and the rubble and stuff so that they can leave. And they're like, no, we can't just leave you. And he's like, well, I told you before that I'm innocent. I lied. I did kill. I did kill everybody. So go. And then they let they leave and, the, and he lets the debris 
crash down on him. And the lawyer and the nun are left wondering, okay, he lied. Did he lie about being innocent earlier or did he lie about committing the crime just so that he could save their lives? And the you very last panel, he's like, I lied about everything. <laughs> I lied about both. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not honorable. I just really love to lie. <laughs> I'm not even in prison. <laughs> I'm free. So Who was that guy? Uh, remember, the, remember the Looney Tunes character? That's, I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. It's just like no. long hillbilly. I don't know why I thought of that. Anyway. <laughs> Jared Manx does sound like a hillbilly name anyway, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> name is Jared Manx. Jared and, Banks, boy. And Jared Banks is dead. But yeah, this is one of those, again, like exploring humanity, the different sides of Gotham that you don't really get to see that much in, in the regular cool. stories where most of the time they're just like, it's just some henchman or some person that Batman's pumping for information and that's it. Uh, but you don't really get these perspectives from before. Uh, Batman has to swim out uh, because he can't access Wayne Manor anymore. So he has to swim out uh, to get out of the Batcave. Uh, just so that he can see what's going on with Gotham, and he sees just the entire city has been taken down and everything, and uh, he can't let that stop him. It says, quote, if he'd stopped to wonder what difference one man can make, there never would have been a Batman. So he starts trying to help people uh, at one point, and uh, he crashes the operation of the Penguin, who sees this as an opportunity for looting. And Batman oh, yeah. decides to recruit all of Penguin's men, and his way of doing it is to threaten to kill all of Penguin's men if they don't comply, claiming that these are the new rules now. Obviously, this is just for show, but I thought that was really interesting, because how often do you see Batman actually threatening to kill people? So he's at a breaking point already. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty strongly implied that he's just doing this for theatricality's sake. He's not actually... I swear playing. that I definitely, 100%... <laughs> I'm going to totally, <laughs> maybe, almost kill Will you? <laughs> every one of you motherfuckers. Would you like a mint? Please stop yelling at me. <laughs> God damn it, Hi. Fucking piece of shit. I'll go Alfred. wherever you wants me to go. Just please stop breathing directly <laughs> upwards into my nostrils. Please. Uh, How far away... Should I get away from you? Just how far? <sighs> the criminal died. <laughs> He's dead now from breath. Batman kills. Bad breath. Oh, God, my goddamn threat. <laughs> I was good on my Dark threat, goddammit. No! Use your Listerine. <laughs> so Pe <laughs> Penguin at one point has to help the relief efforts, but he does it in his own penguin-y way. So there's a short story called A Bird with a Hand. Uh, not bird in the hand, but bird with a hand. Two He's in got the a bush. Helping hand, yes. Uh, by Rick Burchett. And Penguin's going around the survivors, and they're like, please help me. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And if that person seems to be someone he can use later for a favor, like a lawyer, then he helps them. If there's somebody that he can't use, like a teacher, he walks away and leaves them to die. Okay. That's Penguin's way of, of uh, handling the rescues. Uh, there's there's a bunch of interesting rescue stories. Because once the earthquake hits, you're kind of like, all right, I get it now. Earthquake hits, everything's a disaster. Let's see what happens. So there's a couple good stories with that. There's one called The Contract by Devin K. Grayson, where it's a bunch of mobsters, actually, who say, like, oh, we signed a contract. We can't, like, commit any crimes. we got to help with the relief efforts for us to get paid. So they try not to fight amongst each other, and they try to help out basically try to help these people who are trapped in a building that contains this kid who's convinced that Batman's going to come and save them. 
and then the mobsters show up instead of Batman. And the kid's like, did Batman send you? And the mobster just kind of, he thinks for a second, and then he just sighs, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, he sent us, kid. And as they walk away, we find out the contract that they signed, who, the person who's paying them for the rescue efforts, is Bruce Wayne, of course. So technically, Batman did send Damn. them. They just don't realize that. So that was, I thought, a really mm. creative way to, to keep exploring how Gotham handles rescue situations. That's cool. Um, the contract, a much but not darker the one. one. A different <laughs> yes. one. Yes. There's a much darker one called Trapped, also by uh, Chris Renald, uh, who comes up later, where it's uh, there's a man waiting to be rescued, and he starts hearing Robin uh, coming. And he's like, oh, they're coming. They're coming to help me. And Robin ends up pulling out someone else from the wreckage. And then Robin thinks that his job is done along with the other people, and they walk away. And he's like, uh, they're still coming to help me, right? And then that's the end of the story. You don't know what happens to him. Uh, yeah. Uh, Batman ends up disguising Correct. himself as a uh, cop during the day to help with rescue efforts during the day. So he's not in the Batman costume when the sun's up, but he still <laughs> gets to I help out. Haven't I seen you somewhere before, mister? <laughs> <laughs> My so name like Reginald news. Bernard. I'm not from Gotham at all. I, I still don't He's twisting how... his handlebar mustache. Hmm. <laughs> he does uh, actually have a mustache. You just familiar, fella. Anyway. Gordon You've sees him. You've never seen the likes of me before. Never yes. will again. Gordon actually does see him, and he's like, I don't recognize you. And he's like, oh, like, you've seen me before. It's just I usually work at night. And Gordon's like, oh. And then he, he realizes who it is. I uh, work sort of the night shift. <laughs> <laughs> what could it mean? The graveyard shift. <laughs> Twinkle toes away. <laughs> the musical. <laughs> And then he slaps him in the face and says, shut that sexy bat mouth. Because he knows his jaw, right? And he holds it. And then he goes, I'll see you later. And then and then Solomon Grundy is Batman stealing is hospital supplies. Like, no. I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> Did Gordon just kiss me? Oh. Yes, that's exactly what happens. How do you know? So, is there another yeah, earthquake or is it up my knees? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy shit happens during the cataclysm. Yeah, what exactly. happens during the catastrophe stays in the catastrophe. Just changes you, man. Yeah, or shows exactly. your <laughs> exactly one of one of those. So, so uh, Gordon and Batman are now having an affair. Uh, during, no, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Uh, in the meantime, the TV, all the working TVs, that is, that are. Uh, able to work come on and a man a bald man calling himself the quake master claims to be responsible for the 7.6 earthquake and keeps threatening the city that sounds like a flash villain the quake they, master yes the quake master he says that that's if you don't cool. pay me of course then is he uh, eating a bowl of oatmeal while he delivers this address uh no it's not that type of not that type of quake oh, it's quake okay. master, not quaker master wait is he uh, suspect number one right now because his quake is in his name yeah, Batman's like, hmm, it might be the guy who called himself Quake Master. I don't know. <laughs> Need more evidence to find out. Uh, so he seems to keep himself in shadow for most of the time. He's kidnapped the main person who uh, predicted the earthquake from happening, uh, that the earthquake was going to happen. So there is a uh, character who uh, was basically was warning that Gotham, even though it's not over a fault line like California or anything like that, like it was due for some sort of earthquake. And only Bruce Wayne listened, and that's why he earthquake-proofed all the buildings. Uh, but mm. she gets kidnapped by the Quake Master, and the GCPD with like Bullock and Montoya, uh, as well as uh, Tim Drake, are investigating like who is this guy, and they try to find clues 
in the TV. Uh, they see, he seems to use some sort of voice changer thing, or he's in some sort of shadow. And Tim Drake is the one who figures out there's something off about how the Quake Master talks. In fact, <laughs> the Quake Master seems to avoid any word that starts with the letter B. And so uh, they, they okay, yeah. challenge. He ends up talking to the Quake Master through the TV and challenges him, saying, "Say my name." Uh, Quake Master says, "You're Heisenberg." I mean, uh, he says, "You're Robin." <laughs> he refuses to call him Robin. Uh, You're, uh, and... Destiny's Child. Right. That <laughs> yeah. reference is yeah. way too old. Right. Uh, and he storms in the room and sees that Quake Master is literally a puppet, uh, and it's oh, the ventriloquist yeah. sitting yeah, yeah, there ventriloquist, yeah. because ventriloquist can't say anything with the letter B without. Tipping off, oh, tipping that off. Right. He only can start with G. Yeah. If you remember our uh, interview, oh, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you remember our interview to... with Andrew Sellen, yeah, yes. Uh, so Dang, I didn't pick that up. I thought he was trying then... to hide the fact. No, stupid. But that was great. <laughs> what do you think? It, who do you think it was? What do you think was going on? Because <laughs> you can't say a the, but you got to use your tongue in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that, is weird because it's not like you're man. seeing him. It's not like you're seeing him talk anyway through it but right. yeah quake master's been a puppet the whole time ventriloquist loses quake master and gets scarface instead and scarface gets his head blown off by one of the gcpd <gasps> detectives so that's the end the of the quake master falls off. obviously yeah <laughs> well it gets like cracked and shattered and stuff but you know scarface <laughs> always comes back they uh, shoot his head they kill him is that where they ventriloquist kill... dies canonically <laughs> no kill the puppet does ventriloquist got die too oh <laughs> Damn, it's like I in the Matrix, tripping. you die in the no, Matrix, he doesn't. you die he in doesn't. real life. I almost lost my mind. Vitrilogus <laughs> no, gets killed some other way. Uh, but yeah, It'd Scarface be funny, though, if like they blew off his head, but it takes his hand. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Yeah. Blows off Vitrilogus' hand. <laughs> that'd be kind of a funny Im- image, actually. It would be. It'd be terrible for... That's uh, like some Garth Ennis Arnold writing Westman Batman though. or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, pretty much. Yes. Yes. Doesn't Garth Ennis hate... Like regular superheroes, yeah, probably. I think he. I think he, what, he, he just likes. He just likes the super dark ones, like Punisher. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, but Gotham has been torn down, which means that Batman has to adapt to the new environment because he can't use the grappling hook anymore because buildings are falling apart. Whoa, shit! That's cool. So that's kind of cool. Dang. Uh, <laughs> so now so, he uses a bat uh, extendo pole and shoots himself up from the ground, right? He's that gonna need to use for that. <laughs> like a, what are those called? Pole vaulting pole. The bat pole vault. Anyway, mm-hmm. the bat hovercraft. Does, does he have a? Yes. Does he ever have a? a no. Nah, well, I think he does at some point, but I don't think he has one now. He's pretty much surveying bow. Gotham just on foot and jumping on the remnants of the different rooftops in order to help rescue people. Dang. Okay. So okay. that is uh, Cataclysm so far in terms of like the earthquake and then a villain claiming to have responsibility for the earthquake. But of course, it just turns out to be have been Mother Nature uh, in the end. It's, it's never revealed of any villain behind it uh, who would be behind it. But that is that is the first part of the story. By the way, where, where in the 90s are we in this? Was <clears throat> this 91, 98? Like what? Uh, this is like nine. This is going into like 97 through okay. 99 because 99, I think, is when No Man's Land started. But okay. you, it needed a big lead up to it. So around the time that you saw rubber nipples and uh, George Clooney <laughs> pulling out a back credit card, this was the storyline at the time. So you can imagine why fans were infuriated by Batman and Robin because they weren't down for 1966 Batman. They were only down for they were reading No Man's Land and shit like right. you know little girls dying and some guy potentially lying in order to save somebody else's life so he could sacrifice his own. Like 
these are the stories that fans were reading at the time. So just to go to the theater and see that that wasn't being represented and that people saw Batman as a joke when, you know, just pick up any comic at the time and find that there's some serious drama going on, I'm sure that's what helped contribute or fuel the hatred for that movie. Mm. Even though, as we found, that's pretty unfounded. But They had to you... wait for some real star power <laughs> to join the cast. Indeed. <laughs> they weren't going to just sit around with the guy from ER, just Nora. only him. No, they needed a star. Who's Get down. Getting down right now. Anyway. <laughs> so this is I part to meet one you. of this. Basically, there's three main parts to this whole storyline. Cataclysm is basically just the earthquake and what happens. Next is Aftershock, which is the rescue efforts and everything like that. And that's what we'll cover after the break. And then the big one that this is all leading up to is No Man's Land, which is what we'll have a separate episode on. Yes. Uh, but this Can't is wait. just the lead up to it. What do you guys think so far of this idea of Gotham basically at its lowest point. I love it. Especially we love watching <laughs> these rich people get what's coming to them. No, I'm just I mean, kidding. It's, a bunch <laughs> of it's pretty harrowing. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like uh, it so far. There's even yeah. some points where the homeless people are just like, now everyone else knows how we feel. And then they, they start eating out of the garbage. Oh, this diaper's fresh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then like we're all... Ah! <laughs> uh, Andrew, what do you think? So, like, New York doesn't really have uh, earthquakes, but Gotham does. Now, that's just the, uh, obviously the first thing. It's like, oh, Gotham has earthquakes. How often does this happen in any of the stories? Is this the only time there's been an earthquake-based story in Batman? Uh, an earthquake-based story. I don't know if there are other earthquakes that happen along the lines. I think because of the fact that we associate Gotham with more of the East Coast, so we don't necessarily think of it as... It happening. Yeah. Plus, like both stories are concerned about who Batman is stopping, not what he's stopping in terms of like Mother Nature and shit like that. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's just, this is why this is so refreshing because you get to see them pushed into these boundaries that you never really thought you would ever see them do. Uh, right. So mm-hmm. that's why I appreciate about this. Right. Hell okay. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely like- seeming pretty, pretty like intense scenes so far. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really I'm liking pre- it so far. <clears throat> I yeah. really appreciate the what, how you're saying there's these different stories and things like right after the event hit and you have these small little tales uh, written by different writers and artists and stuff that mm-hmm. it reminds me of like World War Z or something. It's like this is how the whole place is dealing with it as right. the minutes yeah, are going yeah. by and stuff. And it's like that's that's super cool. That's such a cool approach to this. Yeah. No, it's great. So far. I think there's no one to blame, you know. There's exactly, no exactly. Arch villain. There's <laughs> not, you know, it's just natural disasters. So yeah, that that does make it different. All right. Before we break, I'm gonna go into uh, the first monologue that we have here, which is kind of summarizes the Cataclysm storyline thematically, but from the perspective of Ra's al Ghul, who, of course, was thought to be dead at the end of Legacy, but. Obviously, he always comes back, uh, and he's watching and surveying this. And, the Lazarus Pit. <clears throat> and he has some interesting insight into what's going on that ties into what we talked about. So uh, he says, quote, Gotham's mighty champion is forced to walk the streets and crawl among the rubble, trying to defeat what cannot be beaten. There is no villain to bury your fists into. No Bane. No Joker. Your childish yearning for vengeance can find no outlet. Now everything you once relied on cannot be trusted. The city's instability makes all of your weapons and tricks unreliable and useless. Your small efforts are in vain. Regardless, you continue to pursue your perceived enemy with wild abandon, hoping to wrestle your untouchable opponent to the ground. Finally, 
you have encountered something that doesn't fit your naive perceptions of good and evil. Yet even in the face of insurmountable odds, you wage your holy war without realizing that you cannot save Gotham this time. I ask you this, detective. Who is the madman now? Boom! You did not Rage blink out. once Rage during that shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but basically he's saying, Serious shit. Why yes. are you looking at me? I didn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what In it so is. so many words. Really. <laughs> it's like... Come on, Rage, we're with the... Uh, it was a natural <laughs> disaster. It's gotta, it's gotta fill up a whole issue of shit, so yeah. This and got, then he yeah. sauntered off with a new spring in his step. Did they write that? Yes. Do, 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 you do, love the I word sauntered. Rage, that's the best word That's like me with tutelage. You loved sauntered. <laughs> sauntered. All right, after the break, Rish we will explore wins. the aftermath of this It called a storyline called Aftershock. Uh, which is collected in a collection called Road to No Man's Land. But this is all the stuff that leads up to the No Man's Land story. Catch you after the break. Get yourself a snack. The Joker's kidnapped Robin and taken him to a warehouse downtown. I've got to get there and help him. But what ride should I take? The Bat Cycle would be the fastest probably, and the funnest if I'm to be honest. But the Batmobile's probably the most reliable, and probably the most menacing, so it'd clear traffic. The Batboat I could take? I haven't taken the boat in a while. No, none of that. Hmm, how about the Bat Truck? Gee whiz, I sure am about to die. Should I take the Bat Bicycle? I've been meaning to work out. Should I take the Bat Fat Tire Cruiser? It's been a while since I've hit the beaches. Uh, maybe I'll dust off the bat scooter and take it for a spin. Boy, I sure hope Robin's delaying the Joker from doing anything crazy. Surely Batman's already on his way. I feel like I can be pretty discerning here because my ward and protege, Robin, can handle himself. Hmm. I'm kind of leaning back towards the bat cycle again. Alfred! Yes, sir. What should I take out here? The Joker's, you know, he's up to some shit. Robin's taking care of it, but I should probably go. I suggest uh, the usual game of eeny, meeny, miny, and mo. You're a bloody genius, all right. I dare say I am, sir. Oh, that crowbar really does smart. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by his toe. If he, oh, wait a minute. How the hell does the rest of that one go? Oh shit. Yeah, bat truck. Alright everybody, if you like that little preview to the sketch right there, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes basically consider it superhouse dlc hey there this is andrew sellen better known to you as mr pen and the ventriloquist on gotham and this is mr scarface and if you know what's good for you you'll listen to superhouse podcast get it and we're back everyone Yes. Ready to ready for Ben to regale us with part two of Cataclysm. <laughs> also known as Aftershock. Yes. So if you thought the first part was depressing, 
<laughs> if you thought the first part was depressing, wait till you get to this part. So, um, oh, here we go. We're, Man. we're dealing into a whole the bunch of stuff. The way you have built this up, it's like a <laughs> little much bin. I've seen Requiem for a Dream ten times. Nothing could depress me more than that. Okay, <laughs> that's true. It's probably not as bad, big as that. But, uh, yeah, so we go into how Gotham is reacting to... Uh, all of this. So you have there's this depressing as fuck story about a man who like he lost his whole family to the earthquake, and Batman actually stops him from committing suicide. And he asks Batman like, "How can you keep fighting, or why do you keep fighting when there's no hope?" And Batman says, "Well, the dead are beyond pain, so the living should be spared of it as much as possible." Uh, before he wow. basically helps him out. So I'm like, that's that's a good stance to have because this is one of those things where it's like it's easy to lose hope, and so much about the storyline is how do you find hope in a hopeless situation, which seems very relevant to this year in general uh with what people are going through uh so batman is constantly trying to fight to provide that hope for people at one point there are survivors trapped in a subway train if will batman. smith was batman he would have said because i make this look good and then plunk the ear and the guy would just fall to his death anyway yeah like oh this this will smith batman's pretty good oh hell no Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so survivors are trapped in the subway train, and the only way to get there is through the tunnels from the Batcave, and Batman is actually willing to risk walking the survivors through the Batcave remnants and even expose a secret if it means uh, saving their lives. So uh, that ends up not happening just because they find the rat catcher there, who, if you guys aren't familiar with, he's the guy who can control rats. He's like the Pied Piper. He can control rats <laughs> <laughs> and stuff, and so he ends up guiding them for another way out but i thought that is was he like uh thing. what's it the dog welder or something like that there's some the dog really welder dog yeah, welder was right was that's ridiculous and then, i haven't read I think, it. some parody i think yeah. remember freakazoid from uh oh. animaniacs and all that that kind of uh 90s yeah. wb co- uh cartoons so in freakazoid i think they were playing off a dog welder or something but there was one villain in Freakazoid where he could turn beavers into gold. <laughs> and he just wa- it just introduces him as walking by a pet shop. And the, be- and the beavers are like, no. And they he goes like, like, like uh, Palpatine or something and turns him into gold. It's hilarious. It's like in that cartoon, old Looney Tunes cartoon, or Felix cartoon, and he's like, I'm going to turn the world's diamonds into jelly beans. <laughs> now, that's a hardcore fucking power. From Felix the Cat? Weird. Oh, I haven't mm. seen that one. I mean, I've seen some Felix the Cat. Well, the clip that I'm referencing is in the movie Ghost Dog, and he turns ah. uh. those, you know, just a villain with a silly power. That's We need Deep more of that. Deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, but during this time with Ratcatcher, Batman actually confesses that he sees Tim Drake as the next logical successor to being Batman, which I thought was interesting. Nice. Uh, probably because it didn't work out so well with John Paul Valley, uh, the Azrael Fucking idiot. Who, by the way, Azrael is going to come and play a big role coming soon. Azrael! Uh, <laughs> I have a new costume. Look at it. Yes. It's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's going on here in Gotham? That's my personality. It's 1997, and <laughs> did you I'm check out my badass. hood? The hood's cool, right? Gauntlets, <laughs> they're heavy as hell. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> uh, and then since now. it didn't work out with Dick Grayson taking over, he feels that Tim Drake is the next logical successor. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> and the Other costume parts... doesn't fit him. It's all baggy. He's running around in back. He's like, God damn it! Everyone's like, you weren't supposed to take on the cow at 17. Yeah, kid-sized version, bats. Bat boy. Yeah, so there's no bat boy. Dash. 
Anyway. He was, he, there's always going to be somebody who's selfish during a time of crisis or when people are in crisis. So at this one point, this is one dude who complains about having to wait for food uh, from these people who are giving it out. And this old woman points out that they're all in the same boat and he's going to have to toughen it out, out if they're going to get through this together. So he's very reminiscent of... He's the guy who refuses to wear a mask, basically. Yeah. At this point. He's, the, oh, he's also that guy really? in the Dark Knight who was like... Well, nobody wants to get their hands dirty, do they? <laughs> yeah, and he just doesn't do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's that guy. He's in every story. Right. And he's yes. played by that in particular actor each time. Let's bring him back. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. state that. Yeah. He's typecast. Nobody that. wants to get yeah. their hat dirty. Yeah. No, yes. I'm not going to wear a mask. I have freedom. I have freedom <laughs> on this boat, and I don't care for those cr- stupid criminals to die. They made their choices. I'm an American citizen. And this I'm whole thing is a conspiracy theory for the government to control us. I got Q right. Rains. Q Arkham. Q Arkham. Q Arkham. <laughs> Uh, looters are all over the place here, so that's another interesting thing. At one point, there's a curfew because of all the looting. Sound familiar? Uh, Batman. I forgot about curfews. Fight. Yeah, uh, and Batman even has to fight people who are trying to kill the looters. Uh, at one point, at one point, he's like, "You think I saved you from murder just to watch you murder someone else?" And the guy's like, "They're looters. They deserve to die." Says the guy. So clearly, <laughs> I want to kill something. <laughs> the punishment <laughs> for stealing bread is obviously death. Yes. because this is the Middle Ages. <laughs> Shot by a nine-year-old kid with a rifle his dad just bought him for Christmas. Yes. Oh, my grandpappy got me this here rifle, and I surely do love it. It just goes boom, 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 and oh man, it was great. So Gotham turned into one of these shitholes we hear about. Yeah, if it wasn't there already, it's uh, a shithole country, <laughs> shithole <laughs> city. Uh, Stephanie city. Brown, uh, the spoiler, asked Robin. This is before her turn as Batgirl, uh, but Stephanie Brown asked Robin to get her spoiler outfit from her house because just in case the looters raid her house so looters are all over the place people are desperate uh there's another group of people who are trapped and they got no food supply and so they end up having to draw straws to figure out which one of them is going to get eaten uh during this time uh so what that's a dark as fuck storyline and batman ends up uh showing up a little too late after one of the guys has desperately tried to kill someone else and already succeeded in doing that and at the very end of the story we find out that uh the reason why they were there was because of a birthday party and they had already eaten the birthday boy to survive during what yeah there's no food and then they At turn all. the lights on they only like, had oh, wait, enough the food the cake is over here <laughs> the cake. they had enough food for a birthday party not for like a whole week Shit. trapped in so the they same choose room. the kid the seven layer dip wasn't even touched Oh, no, 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 they, it's not a kid, it's, a, it's an adult man, but they still oh, kill him. okay, I was thinking it was some kid later. with, like, a pinwheel hat, you know, like one of those fucking deals. <laughs> um, We're not going to go with that. Kind of chubby dark. kid, that's why yeah. they chose to eat, eat him. That was all in my head during that time you just told me, so. Yeah. No, is Ralph no. Wiggum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. My Wookiees. Uh, let's see, there's more, there are, like, Super stubborn. Super Nintendo Chalmers. There's, like, stubborn old people who refuse to leave their crumbling homes and, like, they have to, like, save them from their crumbling houses. Uh, I've been here since 1972 and I ain't never leaving. Exactly. <laughs> I got this pulley uh, out of the old mine shaft. Go ahead and grab on the end of that rope. If I survive polio and all manner of uh, tornadoes and twisters and whatnots, I s- <laughs> surely can withstand another Quaker. <laughs> See, there's potential disease spreading. The cholera starts spreading around, so we got disease on top of this disaster, and Batman even has to deliver an anti-cholera vaccine. Uh, but uh, let's see. Other things that he does, there's a rich Do neighbor. Do not get that vaccine. <laughs> hey, Wayne has put in the microchips 
to control our brains <laughs> and make us dumber. That's exactly what they say in Gotham, yeah. Speaking uh, to Andrews, everybody in, Go- in the outskirts West. of Gotham, dude. South Gotham, they all talk like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there ever like an old West story Batman, like a cowboy Batman? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a few. I mean, uh, there's Gotham by Gaslight, but just well, the it's not really southern... a Western one. But there's yeah, there's some Elseworld uh, stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, no, it's it's it's, it's America like during the Victorian Gotham era, City. But, yeah. The Wayne, uh, early Wayne uh, family shows up in Jonah Hex. Which is like oh. in the 1800s. Oh, it's not that's Batman. Right. Also, though, when uh, the uh, Bruce Wayne, the Road Home, where Grant Morrison had, uh, I think at one point he has Bruce, because Bruce Wayne ends up traveling through time uh, and jumping from oh. one point to the next. So I think at one point he does show up uh, for. Was Cowboy it called Goth Hemington, and they just got rid of the Mington? Mington. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, they, I don't think I don't remember that part. Gotham. Yeah, I'm just joshing. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Wayne has a selfish, rich neighbor who uh, has a building, and he doesn't. And he knows that uh, if the building went down, that could clear a pathway for relief workers, and uh, he refuses to do it. So Batman instead goes inside uh, one of those forklift things and just basically clears the path by destroying this guy's building so that yes. relief workers can show up. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, he goes to his parents' grave, basically saying that he, there's little he can actually do against disease and natural disasters. Quote: A lost cause can become a fool's errand. So even he's losing some sense of hope at this point. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, yes. Um, Bruce Wayne, however, kicks into high gear and trying to help the unemployed since no one can work in these conditions. He brings one of the unemployed to a meeting of other corporations who are thinking of pulling out of Gotham due to the quake. They're just like, there's nothing for us here. We can't continue business. And Bruce encourages them to, no, stay. And he asks the unemployed to help in the fight to keep the employers in Gotham uh, or start their own businesses that he will help fund in Gotham. So this is the philanthropist side of Bruce that we don't really get to see that much in the movies outside of just mm-hmm. like, Bruce Wayne donated millions of dollars to charity. Like, this is him actually doing shit. This is the uh, answer that. to that that rebuttal that people give you, right? Sometimes, well, why doesn't he hang up the cowl and use his money to actually help people? This is him right. actually doing that. This is him actually like, doing yeah, that. He's been it actually does happen all the time in the comics. It's Yeah, it's, it's part of the storylines. I think I was uh, one of the people that asked you that. Yes. People, this, the, <laughs> I, I hate when people say that stuff because it's like, you're thinking that because you are an adult. But and you hate Batman. The, Why do you hate Batman? The, That's what you got to say. The core of this idea, really, I mean, look, it, we do grow up with comics. There are very mm-hmm. adult Batman stories, of course, but it does okay. come from like a child, a, a, a medium for children originally. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. when people just say that kind of stuff, it just it really irks me. Yeah, yeah. quit irking Andrew, everybody. Quit irking <laughs> me. I don't like being irked. It Plus, it's also, like, too. in the comics. It's also in here. And the funny enough, the other corporations still don't take Bruce Wayne seriously because, and this is a big flaw in the Batman mythos uh, that's naturally there, but they don't take him seriously because, it's, to them, he's a billionaire playboy. He's not an yeah. actual businessman. He's not actually looking out for the people. He just inherited so money. He, mm-hmm. To them, he just inherited money, and also he doesn't know what he's doing because yeah, Lucius Fox yeah. runs the show. So they don't listen to them, and they pull out of Gotham. Lucius Only Fox Wayne, is CEO... Head, head, cheese. Right. Over yeah. Wayne. Yeah. Pretty much. So that's how they see it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius, don't resign now. Uh, I need you. You want to be uh, able to turn your head. Yeah, I got terrible. <laughs> I got to do a terrible Mal- Malcolm McDowell. What's his name? <laughs> Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> Ben's got a better Morgan Freeman than you do. <laughs> Put the gun down, baby. You do this. 
<laughs> he wins. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't. I don't have one at all. I'm not even gonna try. Uh, Batman. I've seen Shawshank Redemption once, <laughs> like years what? ago. I fucking I don't know. Uh, but that's that's Bruce Wayne is trying to help, and he throughout this whole thing, he tries to help as Bruce more so than Batman because he realizes there's so much more that he can do as Bruce Wayne for what's going on with the city. So I thought that was interesting, and it's basically this comic is a rebuttal to that argument. So I thought that was great. Uh, one of the great storylines here just as a quick tangent, is called Master of the House by Lisa Klink, where thieves are like, oh, there's Wayne Manor, nobody's in there, so uh, we gotta raid it. Uh, well, Bruce Wayne is on patrol, so the only person in Wayne Manor is Alfred. Uh. And it's Alfred versus a gang of thieves. And so Alfred uh, uses his training from the past to start picking them off one by one. He starts disguising himself as one of them and mimics the voices of the other thieves at one short what? at one point he creates makeshift smoke pellets <laughs> and uh sets off fireworks to blind a guy with night vision goggles and everyone around thinks that like you know illegal fireworks are going off but it's really alfred protecting his nice. domain because he's like, the ho- true home alone with an old yeah. man yes he's the true <laughs> master of the house and then when bruce wing comes back everything's all cleaned up and he's none the wiser and alfred doesn't even tell him what happened Somebody said like, on a, uh, they said that if they reboot Home Alone, it should just be <laughs> Macaulay Culkin again, same <laughs> like the AG is now. Yeah, <laughs> and just just kind of like play David it Koresh. straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just trying to get into his compound. Yes. It'd just be totally different, but hilarious in, in a different. How way. much time does he have for prep? Oh yeah, that whole fucking thing. Yeah. Well, Alfred is improvising. He has no time for prep because he literally just got up in the middle of the night and started seeing the, no, that's the thieves awesome. come towards us. So uh, it's a great story. We'll go further into it whenever is we Is there a scene where Alfred, Alfred puts stuff. on that movie and he's like, I'll give you to the count of three, <laughs> ten to get you no. smelly? No good. <laughs> Dang it. No, he ends I, up, he I just wouldn't ends put that past uh, Alfred. He impersonates the guys that he's taken out. So I oh, thought that was well. cool. Hey. It shows hey, his here. training. No, no, I'm over here. <laughs> It shows his Sorry. acting training just because he's able to he's able to do mimicry, vocal mimicry. There's several comics yeah. where Alfred pretends to be Bruce over the phone. That's uh, tight. I have no like idea. That. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, one of Alfred's he's many like, secret talents. Hello, this is <laughs> this Bruce, is Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Behind you, do not look. And then they look, and he's like, crank. He's like, yeah, works every much. time. The Yoda yeah. voice <laughs> never fails. You're <laughs> Alfred as Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. It's terrible. I'm going down this super meta voice acting hole. They burned the forest down, Master Bruce. No, that doesn't go over. They burned. Yep. <laughs> hey, Kermy. I'm over here. Kermy, watch out! Don't look. This is no man's land. Piggy, look over there. What's behind you, Piggy? <laughs> anyway. Move past this. <laughs> Starting to turn into an episode of Twin Peaks. Yep, not not me. Everybody is, uh, yeah, everybody is desperate. So a lot of pe- more people are turning to crime. Naturally, uh, at one point, Montoya and Bullock get ambushed by criminals, and Mon- Montoya actually hesitates because she recognizes that one of them is her own cousin, and she freezes because she doesn't know. If he's doing it because he's part of a gang now, or if it's because he's just committing a crime to feed his daughter, in which case, like she can't in good conscience even stop him on that, so she breaks down over that. Even Batman's breaking down at one point. He hugs Alfred because he's not able to handle all the death that's around him. I don't um, know what to do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so much fucking death, Alfred. 
People basically start losing hope. Uh, at one point, Vesper Fairchild, who's the radio personality, who's Bruce Wayne's girlfriend during this time, she brings up the idea that maybe Gotham actually deserved the quake to happen to them, based off of... Wait, who said that? Vesper Fairchild, Bruce's girlfriend. Okay. Vesper. Uh, Vesper yes. Fairchild. Vesper. Yes. Not to be confused with Vesper from Casino Royale. This is a different uh, Vesper, Vesper, but... Uh, this is where people start being like, well, maybe Gotham deserves this because it's been sh- such a you know hell crime-ridden city uh, this entire time. So maybe this is a good thing. Uh, so many, yeah. At one point, Gordon even thinks that maybe uh, he's he even says at one point uh, maybe the, the earthquake didn't do enough. Maybe the city should have been totaled so that we can start the whole thing clean. Uh, <laughs> and he's already like, wearing tribal makeup and a loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time to begin a new year zero bats. Yes. I'm uh, keen. I get to have as many wives as I want. That's rule number one. Let's see. It's going to be Bruce called Gordon Town. <laughs> Gordon Town. <laughs> Gordon, are you drunk? Uh, let's see. Lucius Fox isn't even I'll sure if tell. they can rebuild. <laughs> Lucius Fox isn't even sure if they can rebuild Gotham at this point, and uh, people the are calling themselves of the city will not hold. <laughs> <laughs> There's a group, group of people call, <laughs> calling themselves the Quick, uh, based off of the Quick and the, the Dead, who believe nice. that it's time for them to leave Gotham and abandon it, so they all start fleeing the city, uh, so that they don't end up being one of the dead. That it also includes a ton of cops, so GCPD do do is dwindling down during a time where uh, they need the cops more than ever, and so uh, there's one scene... This is depressing as fuck, but there's one scene where all of them are leaving on a bridge, but there's so many of them that the bridge collapses. And they all fall ah. into the water to their deaths. Oh my god! <laughs> so. I never saw Paris. <laughs> Fucking idiots! <laughs> they should have tested the structural integrity of that goddamn bridge yeah. before they got everybody in the fucking city on it. I, I specifically know. asked if I, I could say. throw the rock to see if the bridge would hold. You said no. <laughs> now we're dead. Maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have sent all the cops in, G- in Gotham City down to the sewer. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What so. about happened in Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> <laughs> the bridge is all dead. of Gotham is dead. What do you, when they're all Batman yeah. comes back when there's like nobody in the city. No. He's like, what? Everybody's oh saved except for anybody who was on that bridge. It's all my fault. <laughs> I have to be Batman longer, and they're like, yeah, all right, awesome. He's gonna stay uh, Batman, guys. Anyway, so at one point, our uh, world. There's a story called At the End of the Day by Chuck Dixon where Batman talks about humanity being selfish during these times. So the thing is very relevant to 2020. Mm-hmm. Crime isn't Gotham's biggest problem right now. Survival is. That takes something more long-range than our nightly vigilance. The citizens of Gotham have forgotten that a city is a contract. That citizenship means responsibility. It is not what's, what's in it for me. It is not where's my share. It is not hooray for me and to hell with you. And we're going to have to remind them of that. <laughs> Thank you, indeed, wizard, as Batman. <laughs> I swear I have more impressions, but I just love that one. So uh, this is a character-driven story with Batman and Nightwing as they patrol and basically try to find ways to give hope to Gotham as well as remind people to help each other out and not be selfish during these times. At one point, there's a bunch of people who are trying to loot a relief station, 
and they end up spraying people with a combination of turpentine and bat guano so that they uh, they all smell and they, it discourages them from stealing as well as Batman's uh, poops. There's a dye on it as well <laughs> that will enable cops later on to, to see them so that they know who was there and who was trying to loot it. <laughs> so, How is the Joker handling all of this? Oh, you'll find out. Oh. I'm excited to see that. This is just about the heroes stuff. We haven't even talked about what villains are going to strike soon given and take advantage of all this. Uh, but at one point, uh, Bruce talks about uh, how he always pictured that he was going to do this mission until he died to try to make Gotham a, a safer place and that one day that safe place would happen and he would be long gone. And he ends that monologue by saying, now Gotham is gone and I'm still here. So it's almost like the his existential crisis is happening uh, on this, as well as he the truly fact that he is an island. Yes, he feels like an island, but he's got Dick Grayson there, and so Dick Grayson talks to him about. Hug me, uh, Dick. He's clean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel oh, <laughs> pretty down to be honest. Yes. With you. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is also very relevant to 2020 here because Dick Grayson. I also and- feel down. Oh yeah. wait, there's two of us. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Batman. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> preview, everybody, for a future sketch. Uh, <laughs> Dick Grayson is, is thinking of cleaning up Bloodhaven from the inside by becoming a cop. So this is the first. time I just imagine Bloodhaven's uh, Bloodhaven and pronounced in German as Bluthaven. Yes, Bluthaven. Bluthaven. Uh, uh, so Dick Grayson, this is where he first comes up with the idea of being a cop, which you saw nice. in Titans as well as life. Uh, Came, kind of uh, went into John Blake being a cop in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bruce t- isn't too crazy about Dick Grayson becoming a cop because, it's, quote, it's dangerous and blurring personas. Nightwing says he'll tone down his experience, and Batman asks, well, what about Deadly Force? You'll be wearing a gun. How will you tone that down? So, very relevant. <laughs> I'll shoot it days. in the air. I won't point it at <laughs> Jeez, leave me alone. It's a cool gun. Uh, Look. So, uh, at one point, Dick is flat out bringing up he brings up john paul valley who's going to come into the storyline pretty soon but uh dick asks, didn't you think i was good enough to be by the way i every time you say john paul valley i i just get this image of my head of a guy that owns like a 90s like vidal sassoon (laughs) or l'oreal or some somebody that owns like a shampoo herbal (laughs) essences like a shampoo company he does have long hair yeah he's got long blonde hair and it's so john paul valley the latest Yes. by John Paul The latest, the latest Batman. <laughs> Gotham yeah. City needs a trim, and I'm gonna give it to them. John Paul yes. Valley <laughs> products by John Paul Valley. If you hair grows, a haircut. Yes. <laughs> if hair grows too wild, it must be trimmed. Yes, by someone. That's by not the purging the you deserve. That's the haircut <laughs> you need right you get, now, or you need right now. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, so Dick asks, didn't you think I was good enough to be you? And Bruce actually says, you're better than me. Uh, he says, like you said, you, half of your life isn't a masquerade. I let this mask take over my identity. I am Batman. I always will be. I've left myself nothing else. So, but Tim is a close second. Inti- but Tim is a close second because he's going to be the successor. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, it's getting awkward now. I'm going to leave. <laughs> so where does Azrael... I, I did it again. Dick pulls God out his gun. It. <laughs> Dick pulls uh, out his gun. Oh my god, not that. <laughs> I should just shoot him, even though I know he's wearing body armor, just to send a message. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. So, what am I saying? Batman needs help, because right now it's him, Nightwing, Robin. Huntress is going around too. 
she was trapped inside of a train, subway train, during the time of the cataclysm and helped everybody get out. But she's kind of doing her part. Uh, nice. But Batman knows that he needs more, so he ends up turning to Jean-Paul Valley uh, for help. Uh, this is not the first time that they've teamed up. They also teamed up because Jean-Paul was the one who alerted him to the whole contagion thing and the pandemic. And he asked Azrael, was like, I need you uh, to travel and stop a potential assassination. Right now, the government, the U.S. government, is voting on what to do or how to help Gotham. And this senator, who might be assassinated, uh, is the main one who wants to save Gotham. So Azrael goes and he ends up failing to stop an assassination uh, of the senator. And the person who's behind it is a really interesting villain that they just decided to introduce here, named Nicholas Scratch. So Nicholas Scratch... Nicholas Cage shows up. It plays Nicholas yeah. Scratch. How did it burn? How did it burn? <laughs> Not the bees! <laughs> hey, uh, Nicholas, no, Nicholas Scratch and I, I'm in town now. And, uh, that's, that's my best Nick Cage will work That's out. pretty good. I like yeah. the Nicholas Cage. That's really good. Nicholas Scratch. You call me Scratch. Uh, if you want to call me Scratch, I'll... <laughs> so Nicholas Scratch apparently was a geek who was looking through a telescope one night when a light particle from a distant star struck him through the telescope and into That's his That's my eye. idea. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And then it turned him from geek to Greek god. So now he's like this oh, buff yeah. metal dude who uh, he's like this rocker who's like a. He, it's basically like if you mix Marilyn Mon- Manson with, uh, I don't know, some like hyper-intelligent celebrity at the same time. Okay. So, like, people see him as this, you know, this goth rocker, but also see him as, like, the authority on, like, a lot of different things. So, Nicholas Scratch, however, has an ulterior motive. He's a villain here. He wants Gotham to suffer. He wants I can't wait Gotham to, see these. to not... He basically <laughs> wants the government... He's the one who's responsible for... Yeah, he, he wants to, he's the one who's responsible for the upcoming No Man's Land, where he wants to make sure that America turns its back on Gotham. Can you give your Nicolas Cage impression a lisp? God, I'm, I'm sorry, people with lisp out there. I did. You did, right? Okay. I didn't realize it. Uh, he, Mr. Scratch, also has henchmen who look like devils. Uh, they got, like, the horns and stuff. And at first you think that they're masks, only to find out later on that, that it's not a mask. He's surgically Whoa. altered his henchmen to look like that. These so, guys are not from hell. Yeah. I got a terrible Nicolas Cage. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Azrael ends up having to save another politician's life uh, because uh, basically at one point Batman disowns Azrael being like, you're fucked up. I mean, he doesn't say you fucked up, but like he's basically like, you fucked up from uh, you had I one job. I the hell out of this city <laughs> and I brought style to the act. <laughs> He's basically like, you know, you had one job and you failed. And so John Paul decides to redeem himself by trying to save someone else and try to sway him sway him into saving Gotham. And uh, Batman shows up and says, look, I don't approve of your methods, but you did good work. And I think we can now work together. But because of the fact that uh, Nicholas Scratch has framed you as the killer of that senator, you're going to need a new costume. So Batman gives Azrael a new suit. Uh, so Batman makes run. a suit. He makes a new suit. Because the thing is, with John Paul, he has to have the original Azrael suit in order to click on the programming that's in his head called the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So it will, he can't just be... Uh, he can't just fight as John Paul Valley. Right. Basically. Because he's a hairstylist. Be- yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, nobody expects the hairstylist to have a fight technique. This has got to stick, man. Oh, shoot. Yes. I brought my small combs. And- <laughs> he uses the... Uh- 
his signature weapon is like I a hairspray with a with a lighter. Yes. <laughs> Wrong pocket. Wrong so, utility uh, belt. That's that's what's <laughs> in store belt. for Jean Paul in uh, the upcoming No Man's Land. He's going to have a new costume. Uh, but for the time being, we'll just leave with that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Bruce decides it's time for Bruce Wayne to fight for the city. So this is where we go into a storyline I teased back in the uh, Bruce Wayne lifestyle, Batman lifestyle episode, which is Bruce Wayne goes to Washington, D.C. to convince the U.S. government to Congress not to give up <laughs> on Gotham. Does so he swear on a Bible? Oh, man. Uh, he probably does it, it, off panel. That didn't happen. But oh, okay. uh, Bruce doesn't seem to <laughs> know swear. politics very well. He only has one lobbyist, which means he's got like zero influence. And uh, the, the guy warns him. He's basically like, you're used to Gotham. You're, you don't have any clout here. Clout is all you need in Washington, D.C., and you have none of it. So Batman's trying. He's, he's trying to figure out another way to do this. So he ends up finding a senator who is trying to push the anti-Gotham agenda, basically being like, we should give up and stop having taxpayers pay to basically help out this shithole city. Like, this mm-hmm. is the attitude that they have. It is a shithole city, is what, they, is what they're saying. Again, back in, like, 97, 98, uh, before stuff that's going on now. So he terrorizes a senator who he thinks is, like, the connection to who might be behind this. And he finds his gun, and he says, quote, you voted for increased gun control last session, yet you have no permit for this gun. I see you would exclude yourself from the law. Uh, so he finds out <laughs> that uh, kind of shows his uh, stance on gun control, but uh, it find, he finds out that Nicholas Scratch is the one who's trying to sway senators and everybody and sway the world uh, to, to turn Gotham into a no man's land, to cut off all of the government, uh, to have the government cut off the city from any resources, burn all the bridges, get everybody out now, that type of shit. And so... Uh, Bruce realizes that the only way to do that is for him to plead to Congress. So he goes, uh, and before he goes in, the lobbyist is like, uh, you know, all the odds are stacked up against you. Bruce is like, well, always have been. And he goes in, and there's this great issue of it where he makes this impassioned speech to Congress that's sort of like intercut with his career as Batman, sort of showing that, like, all of his career has led up to this. And uh, bring up that you know you can't give up on the people. You can't. There are still good people here. Let let you know. Give us a chance, that sort of thing. And the senators start interrogating him, and they start bringing up that oh well, you have millions of assets in Gotham, so maybe you're not here because you have a golden heart. Maybe it's because you want to line your pockets of government money and taxpayers' dollars. So Bruce you basically can't ever fails. catch a break. That guy. Yeah. So <laughs> he pretty much fails uh, at that, and uh, has to figure out what his new strategy is, but. As this is going on, we go to Arkham Asylum because you guys are wondering what the hell's been going on with Arkham. <laughs> I w- I'd love to know. So Arkham is the not as machines fucked are up. out of Doritos. <laughs> the <laughs> Arkham has basically been cut off from any sort of resources. They're very limited in food. The staff is dwindling because nobody wants to work there anymore. They want to just leave the city. Uh, so you've got this pressure valve. It feels because you got all these people who are locked up who are criminally insane and uh you know homicidal and you've only got basically jeremiah arkham running the show with his assistant david uh and he doesn't know what to do and at one point a joker crashes arkham's office with an idea uh and so uh he let me here's my here's my idea he says and i'm gonna have wolfie read the joker tell me what do you know of gladiatorial combat in the roman era In ancient Rome, when things got tough, the emperor staged gladiatorial combats. The theater of death kept people off the streets and their minds off their troubles, as well as bringing the emperor great esteem. 
Couldn't you use some great esteem, Emperor Arkham? This asylum is like a pressure cooker. Dr. A, allow me to demonstrate. Minimal staff, dwindling supplies, claustrophobia, increasing stress. If you don't have a safety valve, it's going to to explode. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so good. the Joker is basically <laughs> suggesting, hey, stage gladiatorial fight between two of the inmates, one being Killer Croc and the other one being another big guy named yes. Pinhead, and uh, it'll help out matters. Of course, he has an alternative motive, which is that, uh, as you'll see, uh, as a joke, he decides to switch out everybody's medications. Uh, that Arkham is giving out. So, Won't this be fun? Yes, Why Killer do I Croc. Have hair on the top of my feet. Killer Croc gets stimulants uh, instead of the stuff that's supposed to calm him down, and the ventriloquist gets double laxatives. I thought that was funny. Oh, oh God. so he's got bullshit coming out of the front and yes. the back. Oh, maybe it was double because it's uh, enough for two people, you know. But uh, oh. during the fight, Croc kills uh, the other guy. Croc kills the other guy, Pinhead, and the Arkham inmates start rioting, and they take over the asylum, and they end up taking the keys to one of the guards from one of the guards. So, like, there's no point in it's locking them up anyway. With that place. Has so, Croc ever gone toe to toe with Bane? I feel like that'd be a cool. Yeah, fight. yeah, he no, has, it's yeah. one of the first fights that Bane had, just to show oh. that Bane meant business, and Bane oh, just very yeah. quickly broke his arm. So, oh, shit. <laughs> Ooh. Not so Bane's back. not around. Bane's not around here for that. But uh, it's down to Arkham. And his other staff member, David, to sort of, they, they're kind of locked up in Arkham's office at this point, And the inmates have taken over the asylum and they want out at this point. Uh, so David, the other staff member, actually puts on a bat suit to try to intimidate them. Uh, but they can tell it's not the real Batman and they end up killing him, which leaves Dang. to just Dr. Arkham the sole man uh, running Arkham Asylum because all the other security and guards and stuff have left. Even when he pleaded for them to stay, uh, he's like, I'll pay you double. And they're just like, we all know you don't have the money. And they leave. Uh, oh, and so shit. it's just him. And he's like, I have a dilemma because if I keep you all locked in the asylum, we, ha we have dwindling supplies. You'll all starve to death. And it's on him to protect or, you know, these are the people he's supposed to be treating. Uh, so his only other option for them to survive is to release all of the doors, to release everybody from the asylum. And uh, Joker knows that, and that's what he was planning on. So Joker shows up and basically is like, all right, we're here to kill you. And Jeremiah is like, wait. And Jeremiah decides, if you promise not to go to Gotham, I'll let you all out. And they're like, we promise. And Jeremiah knows that they're lying. They're not actually going to do that. But he sees it's that the only way for him going to, to Gotham. Smart. He's like, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. turn. <laughs> And this so way? he unlocks he yes. unlocks all the doors and all of Arkham inmates, all of them leave to converge on Gotham because they know it's ripe for the taking. Uh, the only one who decides not to go actually is the Riddler, funny enough. The Riddler decides to uh, go off the other way and explore other cities. So the Riddler actually... I wonder that's what's why, over here. Yeah, the Riddler actually does not participate in the No Man's Land storyline at all, which I thought was interesting because he's like one of the main rogues gallery members. But I feel like the main reason why is because they just didn't want to bother with riddles in yeah. No Man's Land. So what they're just riddles like, riddles eh. lie beyond <laughs> Riddle me this! Why the do the Earth shake? <laughs> well, it's because fucking tectonic plates and shit. Did you ever have a fucking actual uh, science class there, Ed? Uh, riddle me this! How do you know so much about tectonic plates? Man, you really gotta fucking shut up. He's not very smart. What riddles end, yeah. lie behind the, this panel? 
you're not no. as smart as you really come <laughs> off if you don't yes. know what the fucking tectonic plate is, man. <laughs> Everyone's you're trying riddle. to get out. Quit attacking Everyone's, me. Everyone's trying to get out of Gotham while the villains all find a way in. So at this point, the government has made it official. Gotham is to be shut down and to be declared a no man's land. The citizens of Gotham have 48 hours to evacuate. Damn. So shit's going down. Gordon has tried to find an exit plan based I off of being encouraged. Yeah, he's he, he's tried to because at this point you can still travel from Gotham to other cities. So Go- Gordon actually tries to get a police job at another city, and at first they seem like they're down, but then he forgets his glasses and he goes back to get his glasses, only to find out that he is basically the laughing stock to most of the country's policemen because he's known as the guy who lost Gotham. He's reliant on a man Damn. in a cape and a bat suit in order to do his job. Another guy that can't get a break. Yeah, he can't get a job as a policeman anywhere else. So Gordon decides to stay with himself and his wife, Sarah Essen, in Gotham during this time, as does uh, Barbara, his his daughter, Oracle. Um, Lucius Fox leaves Gotham along with his family, so that includes Tiffany Fox. So I'm sure Valerie Ray Miller, our previous interviewee who voiced Tiffany, will be happy that they're safe. But uh, Nightwing decides to go back to Bloodhaven. Robin's like, eh, my dad and I are moving to Keystone City. So like everybody's deciding to uh, fucking leave the city at this point because it's, it's a hellhole. It's a no man's land. There's nobody going to be around. Keystone uh, City is where in the fake geography of DC World? Uh, it's I, I'm not really sure, but it's where Jay Garrick, the, the original Flash, uh, ah, started So it might be so. more West Coast then? Probably, or a little bit more uh, Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, Midwest, Midwest maybe. Yeah, okay. it's Indiana. Yeah. So, in the meantime, <laughs> Nicholas Scratch decides that he wants hey, Bruce Wayne Nicholas taken Scratch, out. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm scratching, and I'm a devil. So he orders. You're a pretty cool guy, Nicholas. <laughs> Let's hang out sometime. Those aren't horns, but they are horns. Yes. I fucking love those thing. horns, bro. <laughs> He, he sends his men to basically assassinate Bruce Wayne, and uh, Bruce is talking to the mayor during this time when the assassination attempt happens, and uh, due to a slight slip-up, uh, the mayor of Gotham gets killed and shot to death. Instead does he of Bruce slip Wayne. to uh, death? Yes, he does. He slips <laughs> that would be a really she, great uh, turn of phrase. Mayor Marion Grange gets shot to death by a sniper uh, in this, and Bruce Wayne uh, ends up disappearing right afterwards. So the president has ends up signing the executive order to close down Gotham City, and Bruce Wayne, who was expected to show up at Congress to see that, uh, is nowhere to be found. Bruce Wayne has now gone missing. After Who's the, the president of this of mayor. universe it's, currently? It's not said, but it was in the mid-90s, oh, okay, so sorry. I'm going to assume it's Clinton at this point. Um, oh, okay, that pr- the president. Okay, I see. <laughs> so uh, this is how we end cataclysm slash aftershock and lead into no man's land gotham has been all the bridges are blown gotham is now a no man's land that the government has no control over or will not help the villains are out of the asylum and are taking over gotham uh the gcpd is down to like maybe 20 people along with oracle and uh batman is nowhere to be found dang where is it where is it virus breaks out God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is uh, Cataclysm slash Aftershock. I told you guys this would be depressing, but this is kind it's of the... the em- uh, Empire Strikes <laughs> Back of our coverage exactly. so far. Exactly. Yeah, as I was saying to Andrew before, offline before we started recording, this is like the Empire Strikes Back to lead into uh, yeah. No Man's Land. Because No Man's Land is one of the great seminal 
ongoing storylines because all the villains, as you can imagine, have taken over Gotham City. I'm excited. They've carved out Does Jean Paul Valet show up? Jean Paul Valet shows up. <laughs> I brought too. a bigger Jean-Paul. comb this time. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the characters so, that show up. Again. Uh, let's see. Um, the writers of this, just to list them all out, are Chuck Dixon. He's the main mastermind behind this. He was also the mastermind between behind mastermind. Contagion and Legacy. So he's the main one to thank. He's also the co-creator of Bane. Uh, so let's oh. see. There's Alan Grant, Devin K. Grayson, Doug Mensch, Rick Burchett, Klaus Jansen, Kelly Puckett, Chris Renald, Lisa Klink, Bruce Canwell, Greg Rucka, who you'll hear more from next time, uh, yeah. Marco Palmieri, and the late Denny O'Neill, uh, who wrote a lot of the Asriel type stuff with Nicholas Scratch. I think he's the one who created Nicholas Scratch. Uh, and then art was by uh, Jim Aparo, Jim Balint, Eduardo Barreto, uh, Mark Buckingham, Rick Burchett, Klaus Jansen, Staz Johnson, Alex Maleev, Scott McDaniel, Graham Nolan, Kelly Puckett, Chris Renald, Norm Breifogel, John Beatty, Vince Guerrano, David Baller, Sal Buscema, Bob Hall, William Rosada, Brian Stillfreeze, Roger Robinson, Joe nice. Staten, James A. Hodgkins, and Roger Cruz. So That's uh, a lot of people. That's a ton of people. Well, remember, artists. this is like years. Stillfreeze all day, baby. This is basically, great. if you read the comics, the, the collected editions, what I just covered was is only the first uh, 1,200 pages of the storyline. Mm. So sure. uh, <laughs> there's a lot more to come. <laughs> but uh, they are collected in editions. So you would find um, basically the, the latest editions from 2015 called Cataclysm and then two other ones that cover Aftershock, which is called Road to No Man's Land in volumes one and two. Keep in mind, though, that whoever was behind it did not actually put them in that great of an order especially when you get to the later mm. volumes i've uh, heard of no man's land of course but i had no idea going into this that there was actually a prelude yeah, series exactly. called cataclysm for this whole deal because i remember yeah. no man's land was so big in the 90s i feel like i wasn't even going to comic book shops but you would see it like displayed in the yeah. front uh, sorry yeah. i almost talked to my mic the front of like Barnes and Noble and shit, like you know, everywhere. It was it was everywhere. I I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It, the Cataclysm. That's that's why Emma, the one I dedicated this episode to, she was like, "Hey, like you want to check this stuff out beforehand because if you just start with No Man's Land, you're already confused. You're like, how did it get to this point where the government cut it off? Why is Batman gone? And you might think like, oh, that's just that's part of the mystery of the story. And it turns out, it's it's not. It was set up. They they had many months uh, of storylines for this stuff. Uh, so yeah, read, uh, find the collections. They're on Comixology as well of Cataclysm, Road to No Man's Land, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, just keep in mind that there's a few things you should do when you do that. Uh, there's going to be, in Volume 1, there's a story, a prose story by Greg Rucka called Random Encounters uh, in the Batman Chronicles number 15 part. Uh, skip that one because that actually takes place in No Man's Land, during No Man's Land. Because if you just read that, it seems like there's there's something missing. Uh, so for whatever reason, they, they published that early or whatever. Uh, and then when you get to The Road to No Man's Land Volume 2, don't read the final issue in there because that's kind of just a summary of No Man's Land. And uh, you want to read No Man's Land, don't read the summary of No Man's Land. So, uh, But that that that's is Cataclysm and Aftershock. So uh, tell nice. me what you guys thought, starting with Wolfie. I thought it was great. It's I, I need to go back and read it now more in depth and detail based on some of the things mm-hmm. that you have already said that sparked interest. Really good. Ah, yes. um, really yes. good like cliffhanger to this section, I suppose, is how probably the comic book audience read it. Mm-hmm. And then anticipation of No Man's Land. So I'm super excited about No Man's Land. That was cool. Yeah. Excited too. Andrew, what did you think? 
Yeah, very cool. Very, um, how can I put it? Uh, intense, just super intense. Yeah, it is really intense. There's probably not any humor in this series at all, huh? <laughs> like none. Yes. Um, it just no not no room any for Nolan it. humor. Not yeah. even Nolan. There's nobody being like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of a cataclysm is this? Is this a cataclysm? <laughs> is that? Oh, Nolan he humor? said it. Yeah. I don't know. Don't sit in that chair. There are no chairs on my set. A beautiful singing voice. Release um, Tenet into theaters. Yes. <laughs> I demand it. Forget that. If they don't release my goddamn movie soon enough, I'm going to fucking kill everybody I fucking know. <laughs> Check out the origin of how that became Chris Nolan's voice in our Dark Knight Rises Part 3, Deep Time, the Dark yeah. Knight Rises versus comics. Uh, but yeah, that is... Uh, that's Cataclysm slash Aftershock, and I'm glad we did a separate episode on that because I originally was planning to do that in conjunction with No Man's Land, but it already took us this long to cover this stuff yeah. that uh, I think it's, it's best to leave that for its own thing. So yeah, this is, continues cool. our sort of 2020-esque Batman series that yeah, will conclude sure. with uh, No Man's Land. So Sounds good, sonny boy. On the nose, topical. Yes. Get yourself <laughs> a snack. Get down. Get your bad self. Does so we get a little glimmers of hope in No Man's Land coming coming up. You, then. Don't spoil No Man's it. Land is about how to get hope. Yeah, No Man's Land oh, okay. is how do you because you you basically you took a hopeless situation you made it even more hopeless at the end of you get an empty and bag and, you and No Man's Land is like No Man's Land is basically how do you keep fighting when you, what everything that you fought for seems to be gone. So <laughs> that is uh, it's a very important story. Uh, I've not only read the comics, but I've also read... I first read it as a novelization by Alan Grant, uh, and then one of the great Batman novels is... Oh, shit. Batman No Man's Land by Greg Rucka, which is I got here. Where are all the pictures? Yep. (laughs) There are no pictures, but it's basically, as you can see, the cover has Gotham City over the water, but it looks like the Bat insignia. Hell yeah. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's it's written well because Greg Rucka was a crime novelist before he started writing for Batman. So oh, that's he cool. was the natural so there's not even a, for this. There's not even a couple of drawings in there then, huh? Uh, I believe there's a map. <laughs> there's a map of Gotham, I think. Just right, a I'll bunch of it. words there, it. huh? Yeah, I'll read it. Most Just of the words. Just words. All right. Yeah. There's a map of Gotham. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have Does it have like a soundtrack? <laughs> Whenever you open it at yeah. all, uh, no, but there Batman? is an audiobook version of it. There's an Who audiobook. plays oh, Batman in this one? <laughs> is it Val Kilmer? It's <laughs> right? It's George Clooney at this point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 99 or so is when they started the No Man's Land stuff, and we'll dive into that when uh, I finish rereading all 1,600 pages of it. So <laughs> we'll see. Nice. He does uh, this work for you, Internet. He yes. does it for you. Interwebs mm. for all you noobs like uh, us. All right, that's it, everybody. You got any uh, custom shout-outs there, Ben? Uh, yes, thank you to the Bat Feed, also known on Instagram as Batman Stop Motion. Uh, we'll include his channel in the description on the YouTube version of this since he included us in his, but he has some great stuff there exploring uh, his fandom uh, as Batman and uh, exploring different parts of the Batman universe uh, on camera, like what we're doing here. So uh, the other person to shout-out to is uh, we'll also put Cookie Noms' channel uh, in there as well, because uh, why not? She's a big supporter, and she did an amazing job on the uh, Mask of the Phantasm uh, cookie that you can find yeah. on her Instagram. I'm at, surprised. Uh, I want to talk about this for just a second. Yeah. Cookie Noms, I know you're listening. I'd like to think you still are anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the resolution of what is that? Like, she's got, like, 
damn near like HD looking cookies. <laughs> you seen this shit? People take a look at this. It's like it's like she got her 920 settings on. by 1080 lines, like 1080p cookies. Like you you can do all that shit with fucking um what is it called? Dressing? What's that shit called? You put on the cookie? Shows how much I know. Frosting. Icing. Frosting. Frosting. Icing. Yes, yeah. with icing. You can do this amount of detail with fucking icing. Are you kidding me? It's like edible watercolor. It's insane. I'm I'm surprised. It's it's yeah, like she's exact. Incredible. Yeah. You're incredible. All right, and then other than that, in addition to Kooky Noms, uh, of course, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, and Dan D. Dan D's a friend from high school. Listens to every oh, episode, yeah. and oh, yeah. uh, also join the Shasta Army. Um, always, uh, every time we say Shasta Army, that's automatically a thank you to Shasta. Um, so Shasta Army, the Patreon, uh, the most. Most important tier, I would say, is the $5 one where you get the bonus feed episode, but there's other tiers as well. And we have a lot of merch and shit like that if you want it. And uh, we do have new designs on the way as well, uh, but uh, more on that later. Please leave us a review in iTunes. And also, please take out thy phones and use the voice recorder app and record us something. And then we will put that something on the show and uh, you too can be part of the pod. Just share that voice clip to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. And check out our YouTube if you haven't already. I'm going to be updating that more and more going forward as well. And uh, who else is next? Uh, we got uh, Instagram superhero stuff pod. Please follow us there as well as on Twitter at superhousepod. Over to Wolfie. Nice. Hey, guys. I'm Wolfie. Uh, come check us out at the Overly Critical Hyperanalytical Movie Club on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. Just go ahead and search that and listen to our new podcast, the Overly Critical Hyperanalytical Movie Club podcast. Uh, we're currently at six episodes. We got the RoboCop series started up. RoboCop 2 coming real soon. I took a little vacation. And we're all in that one. Yeah. Okay. We're all in that one. So check out the the our broadcast, our our other cast and uh that's it for me wolfie signing out off i mean ben signing off superhero stuff you should know is part of the greenlit podcast network You're listening to the Geekscape Network.